Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of It's Black and White, the Derby Telegraph's Derby County podcast. I'm Johnny Bennell and I'm joined by Steve Nicholson and Chris Watson and a final Derby County podcast of the 2017-18 season. Chaps, it's been emotional. It has. It's been an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, it's been emotional. I'm just uh, studying the technology going on here, <laughs> how we're recording this. It's uh, fascinating. A, l- a little bit of a different approach today, isn't it? But the, uh, the same quality yeah. content. I've never seen so many mobile phones on a desk at the same time. <laughs> Apart from at a press conference. Well, not even then, there's actually four, so <laughs> put that away. And uh, a quick early shout-out, actually, to, to Chris, a belated happy birthday, which oh, thank you, very yes. much. you uh, obviously spent the early hours of stuck yeah. on the M1. 45 yesterday, brilliant. <laughs> just, rule, just rules me out of contention for the World Cup, I yeah. think. I was deemed, yeah. Gal Southgate decided he wanted to go with a slightly younger... <laughs> fresher approach. Fresher approach, so... Yeah. But no, stuck on the M1 uh, early hours... True warrior, a hero of well, indeed, yeah. Working yeah. away was we were stuck on the M1. It was indeed. his birthday, and he's typing out uh, Scott Carson quotes. I think it was, was it? Uh, <laughs> what better way to yeah, spend yeah, what your birthday? What yeah, a professional! Yeah, yeah. Thank Absolutely, you. that's no, what the fans don't see. They don't. They don't. Yeah. There you go. Right. Well, the the season, as we said, it, it is done and dusted. So before we sort of get into the the finer details, if oh. you like, and the, the playoffs. How do you both rate Derby County's campaign? Well, I, I mean, I think there's been progress. Uh, whether there's been enough, that, that's a, a different argument. But uh, they finished ninth last season, and this season they got in the playoffs. So facts alone tell you that there's been an improvement. Uh, I think there's lessons to be learned from this season also, but that's the same with most seasons. Uh, but all in all, I think I say they've, they've taken steps forward. The problem with the championship is it never gets any easier mm. and you've got to keep taking steps forward and, and the big question will be can the club and can Gary Rowe and the team continue to take steps forward next season? Mm. Yeah, I think it's been a strange campaign in some ways because there's been there seems to have been a lot of ups and downs and uh, lots of lots of emotions, lots of highs and lows. Just but, describing football, but, there, aren't well, they? well, indeed, but but particularly it seems this season uh, for Derby. But but you know the bottom line is they got in the top six, and that's a tough thing to do. And a lot mm. of clubs would have been aspiring to do that and haven't managed to do that. And I know I know Derby fans will be used to it now because they've done that. They've done it in three of the past five years and obviously not managed to mm. to go beyond that. But um, I would agree with Steve, you know, there's definitely been progress. It's just a fact that they've finished, obviously, a few places higher uh, than they did the previous season. And um, it's been, I think it's been fascinating to watch, really. Yeah. I, think, I think an early cliche warning here. But <laughs> I've already ten- used emotional rollercoaster. <laughs> so, oh, sorry, know. no, it's not an early one, didn't it? <laughs> so a second cliche now. Uh, the table doesn't lie, and I think in this case... It's absolutely true because I mm. think Derby are about in sixth place where they should be. Mm. I think the teams above them are better at the moment. Middlesbrough and Derby maybe around that, but I think the ones underneath Derby are quite similar. Mm-hmm. Preston, Millwall have been very good. Bristol City were very good until they had their moments in the, in in the cup, and that seemed to have knocked them. Uh, so I think where Derby finished is is. Is about right, and as Chris says, it has been topsy turvy. It has been draining actually this season uh, because Derby took us through different phases of the season. Mm-hmm. It's now a sluggish start, very good run up to second, failed to handle the expectation, pressure, whatever you want to call it, of second, tumbled away. Would they miss out? Then they came back with a little run to, to get in there, but then the playoffs. Were just a step too far for them. Well, that that was it, wasn't it? You know, for for so long, taking away the early season form for so long, they look nailed on for the playoffs and maybe even mm-hmm. automatic promotion. But then all of a sudden, with 
three games of the regular season left, you thought, well, hang on a minute, are they even going to make the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Obviously, they did that, but then fell short. So it's, you know, it's, a, it's, it's sort of... It, I mean, in many ways, you'd say it's a typical championship season. Mm. You know, and that, that's what the division's about. And that's why you have to salute the teams who are consistent last season, Newcastle and Brighton. This season, clearly, Wolves have been the best side by, by some distance. But you've got to take your hat off to Cardiff and Fulham. Uh, Fulham very unlucky to miss out on second place but they've been remarkably consistent mm. and Derby for a spell this season were as consistent as any team in the division but as I say and it's something they need to look at uh, this after Christmas or, or around January time they have and, and the facts are there they have struggled in, in recent seasons and, and they have to get over that somehow mm. now you could say well if you you know if they hadn't had that great run then etc etc but I think once you get to that February March time that becomes a real crucial time mm. and and they somehow have to find a, a way to get round that. Mm. Let's have a look at the the playoffs then. Obviously, Derby did fall short, but against a very good Fulham side who many people beforehand have tipped to be the third team to reach the Premier League. Uh, second leg two nil to Fulham two one aggregate scoreline. And if we're being realistic, you, you have to say that it was uh, a deserved win for Fulham. Yeah, I think so. Over, over the course of the two legs, of course, you know, um, spirits were high after the mm. after the first leg. Derby sort of withstood a bit of a barrage and and uh, came out with a one 0 win from the home leg. Fantastic, uh, towering header from Cameron Jerome. Um, I think it was their only effort effort on target yeah. in the end. Whereas um, Fulham sort of huffed and puffed, but Derby defended heroically, mm-hmm. and uh, which meant they, you know, they were, they went down to Craven Cottage with a, with a sort of slender advantage. Um, I think everyone knew the tie was far from over, and they were expect, you know, people were expecting a, a, some kind of Fulham response. Um, again, Derby Derby held out until half time although you know the, the shots were raining in on goal mm. and the real disappointment was just a couple you know less than 2 minutes into the second half and uh they've conceded a bit of a, a bit of a soft goal really and that just completely changed the uh the atmosphere around the mm. place and and I think Fulham took confidence from that and obviously obviously uh, went on and got a second goal and and then I think you know Derby huffed and puffed but they they sort of run out of steam a little bit by that point and I mean Steve mentioned Fulham, very good team, unlucky not to go up automatically. I think they finished was it 13, 13 points yeah. ahead, of, ahead of Derby. So, you know, some would argue it would have been a, a bit of an injustice had, had Derby gone through and, got, and, and gone to Wembley. But it shows, you know, it shows what a good team Fulham were. And, and I think Derby's biggest chance was probably if, if Fulham had let the pressure get to them mm. and not done what they'd done so well that's got them into this position you know this season but they actually they stayed pretty composed and, and that's and that's one of the reasons why I don't like the playoffs and it's not it's not a rant this I've said this consistently I don't something think, that you don't like I don't think the team <laughs> I don't think the team who finished 13 points above a certain another mm. team over 46 matches should then I don't think the team who, who, who in this case Derby should have the opportunity to then Knock them back out. I, mm. I don't. I don't get that. I understand the playoffs. I know why they're here. I, I know people say they keep the season alive, but but I also believe they keep the season alive quite falsely for a few teams as well, who aren't quite, uh, you know, at that level. And uh, I just think, actually, in a way, if you finish third, you should just play at home to the team that finished sixth. For me, you should have a, if, if it's going to be that play one time at your place because you've been 13 points better mm. than, than the opposition but they do I, that say, in non-league don't they yeah they do that in non-league so, so why but I that, actually yeah. think um, I take your point on board but I think the fact that they have a two-legged semi-final in some ways it does. Is, is better because actually over, if it had been one leg and Derby had won one nil yeah. actually over the yeah. course of the two legs I think probably the, you know, the better team mm, most yeah. people would agree the better team came out on top because yeah. it's hard to you know to sort of keep that level legs, up yeah. for, for I, 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 I don't like the playoffs I, I never have liked the playoffs uh, I believe if, if you've reached a certain amount of points after 46 games it's job done and so it should be as well OK well I mean they got to half time in the second leg Derby County did 0-0 yeah. and yeah. you're thinking 
45 minutes from Oh, Wembley. listen, I, I, I said before the game uh, that they'd done ever so well first leg derby. Mm. Uh, but they had to, they were going to have to defend very well again. But the key was to get through the game on stages. Uh, first thing you do is 20 minutes, try and quiet in the crowd, don't, don't give anything daft away, stay in the game. They did that. Then can you get to half-time? They just about did that because Fulham was starting to crank up the pressure. Then they needed to get to an hour because at, at the hour point, that would have been the first time any kind of desperation would start seeping from the crowd into the Fulham team. And Derby never quite got Fulham to that slightly desperate stage. Yeah, they needed and an edginess. They, they did. Yeah. And, and then what happens then is each attack that breaks down or shot or header that goes wide you become more desperate mm. and Derby couldn't quite get to that stage uh, because of Fulham's early goal early mm. second half and a good finish by Sessignon but it was a it was a poor goal when you watch it back mm. to concede you know I think it was Johansson chesting the ball mm. down in the back that shouldn't be allowed to happen well I mean as Gary Rout himself said in his, his post-match interview both goals were poor goals to concede and, and yeah. on that stage you need to be doing a bit better. Yeah. Or but, 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 if def- but if you're defending as much as Derby had to, you are going to switch. Not, mm. not switch off, you're just going to be a fraction out here or there. I mean, on the second goal, I think it's Craig Forsyth. Mm. It's only a fraction. Mm. You know, Adori gets a fraction in front of him and a That's glance, it and then it's a fraction whether it clips the post and goes in or hits the post and comes out. Mm-hmm. But that's what happens. And if, you, if you're relying on keeping them at bay, keeping them at bay, over two games, something is going to go against you. It might be a deflection, it might be a decision, it might be anything. That's going to happen. Uh, and that's why I just wonder about Derby's approach in the second leg. I'm wondering whether, if they had their chance again, they might do something a bit differently because I think they needed to ask a few more questions of form. Because if Derby score first, in theory, you're not far off game yeah. over. Yeah. And I just didn't quite see what they were trying to do uh, and if it was to counter them counter Fulham that's fine but if you're going to do that you've got to have more quality than Derby mm-hmm. showed on the counter attack through Tom Lawrence and Vyman and, and the likes of it they had to do better in those situations mm-hmm. I think they had a, they had a few a few promising yeah. moments with you know some dangerous balls across goal which you know on another day might have dropped to someone might have been turned yeah. in but as you say it was just that that sort of final pass, the final bit. Of what was interesting was is that Gary Rout spoke about the same problem after the first game. He did after the second mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. They failed to take opportunities on the counter attack mm-hmm. in the first game at one nil when they could have made it two nil, mm-hmm. and they failed to make the most of opportunities in the second leg when they when they countered. And you can't keep making those excuses. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why that happens, mm-hmm. and the reason is the quality in the final mm-hmm. third isn't quite good enough. Mm-hmm. After that, the first leg as well at Pride Park, as we said, they took a 1-0 lead, maybe rode their luck slightly at times, but how were you two feeling going to Craven Cottage with a 1-0 lead? I, I was confident, as you know. I was, I was confident, because I, I, as I explained before, I could see the way the game might unfold, and I, I just wanted Derby to get Fulham into a desperate state. Because mm-hmm. once you're in a desperate state, you leave yourself open, and you make mistakes and they never quite got them yeah. I mean we, at, at half time we were quite thinking well you know that's, that's, that's not mm-hmm. bad at all but I'd say it's just the earliness in the second half of that goal was it, as Chris said before the whole feeling around the place changed and I thought Fulham to me the players looked like okay we're level now and we can finish this either in normal time or extra mm-hmm. time we're confident we're playing well and when I looked at the Derby players, it looked to me like thinking, oh no, mm. that's not what we want to happen. Mm. And now we know we're really up against it. And, and the whole mood of, of the place changed. Mm. And you got your uh, trip to Wembley sorted at half I mean, <laughs> I, I must admit, I was, I was asked for the game, you know, what, what do you reckon? And I just said, I couldn't call it. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was going to yeah. be... I, I wasn't surprised with the way that the game went. But obviously... Having watched the first leg on Friday, Derby did brilliantly to keep mm. Fulham out of the stop them from scoring, which not too many teams have, have managed to do in, the, in the, certainly in the second half of the season. Um, and you just sort of thought, can they do that again? Mm. I mean, I think we always knew that they were going to come under a tremendous amount of pressure. But I thought, you know, if they could nick a goal on the break, as Steve said, 
then Fulham become desperate, they need to come out even more, then they leave themselves open and it just depends how the game goes. But actually <clears throat> for Fulham it I mean obviously they would have preferred to have scored earlier than they did, but it, it went pretty much as they as they would have wanted. Yeah, yeah. you you gotta give Fulham credit by the way. I thought it was such an impressively controlled performance yeah. by them in in a high tension situation. Mm. You know, they never looked rushed at any stage. They continued to do what they do well. Mm. Uh, I, I thought they were impressive. Uh, and what was different on the night at Fulham compared to the, the first leg was some of their big players turned up this time. Mm. Mitrovic, where Curtis Davis and Richard Keogh had the upper hand uh, in the first leg, didn't this time. Mitrovic had the better of them. Uh, Kearney showed more in this in this game, I thought. Uh, Sessegnon scored a goal. He didn't do an awful lot else, mm. I must admit, but he, he got the key goal. But I thought the performance of Mitrovic particularly was was a key factor in the game. So you've you got to take your hat off to the way they handled the situation. I mean, Derby took a lot of plaudits to the way they handled the first leg, but I thought Fulham, the, the manager must be mightily mm. uh, proud of the way they set about that game uh, and even when they were equalised they didn't suddenly go for it completely they they were still in control Amazing. and even at the end I thought they kind of switched around they started playing counter with them because yeah. Derby pushing and they did that very well also uh, full marks them they, I mean there was no hiding from the fact that the better side went through mm. and Fulham are as we stand uh, a better side than Derby mm. we should also mention that Scott Carson pulled off yeah. A number of fine saves, yeah. and felt for him afterwards because he he was um, you know good enough to come out and speak to the press. And he was obviously devastated, um, but he you know he was saying you know at half time he was kind of thinking, well, is this going to be my night? Because mm-hmm. he 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 was a, a busy man, and I think the, the one the one save that stood out in particular was from uh, the header from yeah. Mitrovic, where he's kind of almost gone the wrong way, but mm-hmm. managed you know brilliant instinctive sort of reflexes. To shove out his right arm and and somehow keep it out, and he he was fantastic on the night. Absolutely, but so that's it. Derby County season done and dusted. Time to regroup and uh, now go for another season in the Championship. Their eleventh consecutive season. Yeah, it soon goes by, doesn't it? Since we uh, dropped out of the Premier League in two thousand and eight, uh, as I said earlier. It won't be any easier, mm. and that that's the way it is in this division. It is unforgiving. Uh, the teams that are coming down, we know about Swansea and and Stoke, uh, West Brom. coming down and West Brom. It's even the know, teams coming up as well. We're going to yeah, it, it's going to be tough. Mm. And, and and the big thing is that when you're losing the playoffs, the first thing that must go through your mind is you know what we've got to go through all that again. Mm. Forty six matches. And, and and we've talked about the topsy turvy nature, the ups and downs that we've seen this season. They'll all be there again next season. Mm. You know, don't you know that expect to go through all those things again. Uh, and the test is, can they? Straight away, the aim is, and the test is, can they finish in the top six again? Mm. Gary Rowett came in at the back end of of last season. Obviously, this season was his first full season in charge of the Rams. I mean. What have you two both made of it as a first full campaign? I think I think finishing the top six, you know, he's achieved. You know, he's achieved what I'm sure he set out to mm-hmm. do. So full marks to him from that. Uh, like all managers uh, in all seasons, I think he, he's made some decisions and, and some mistakes, but that that's normal. It happens every week with uh, with managers in football because mm-hmm. they have to make so many decisions. They're not going to get them all right. Not going to get all the substitution substitutions right. Not going to get all the team selections right, and and this day and age, of course, every decision the manager makes is dissected and questioned because that's the way the media is now and, and social media. So there's no hiding place. Uh, I think he he needs to address the balance of the squad. That's been a talking point all season. I th- I understand absolutely why he went for experience, and I think that's helped. To, to an extent, some people will say now it maybe hindered them at the end as well. But I think they needed more experience. They needed more winners in the team. And I think that's helped them get mm-hmm. finishing the top six. But I think Gary went too far with that. I think the balance had to be slightly better between those old, older heads, experience and know-how, and maybe some fresher, energetic legs as well. And I think midfield has been 
an area we've we've talked about a lot this season, and and it and it has shown. And and I wonder when we keep talking about this January, February, March time whether that's a part to play uh, before they almost get their second wind, if you like, uh, and and also from like first leg to second leg in the playoff, mm-hmm. it can be it can affect that as well. So I think he needs to, he needs to address that. I think he needs to. He, he, I'm all for having different formations and options because we used to criticise Steve McLaren who, who who wouldn't kind of move away from 4-3-3. So it's good to have different options and systems. But I'm still not quite sure whether Gary is firm in his mind which is the right system for Derby. And I think what he has to do in the summer it's not just have one system but certainly settle on a first choice system mm-hmm. but more importantly find the players that fit the system right because you know we've we've had the recent system where we've had wing backs neither of them who, who neither of the players are are natural wing backs so if he's going to go with that system next season he has to find those wing backs because they they become crucial in that system mm-hmm. you know so as a first season top 6 finish I don't think you can ask for a great deal more than that, mm. especially after last summer, because he was the first manager in recent years who couldn't just throw money around. Yeah, he had to balance books. He had to sell certain players to be able to bring in certain players. So we take all that into account. I think, as I say, I think he, he's done a good job. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree. I, th- I think it's been interesting to watch because it's been a very different derby team to watch yes. hasn't it from mm-hmm. past few years because people talked about you know man- different managers came in and, and sort of tweaked things here and there but I think it, it's been a really different looking team in terms of personnel in terms of approach and tactics as Steve said he's he's not been uh, afraid to change the formation around I mean he actually started the season 4-3-3 yeah, didn't he did, yeah. and that went after a couple of games and we had 4-2-3-1 mm. which which served them well for, for much of the season and then towards the end we went uh, three at the back um, so it's interesting to see those those changes um, you know that obviously some fans have might, pref- might have preferred certain aspects to the way the team used to play and approach games but Actually, that run of and I'm not I'm going to forget my stats, but the the great run they had in the middle of the season was it what was it one defeat in well it was, it was actually, it was actually two, in two in twenty two in twenty four mm, yeah, which I mean that speaks for itself and, yeah, I mean in any league that's, yeah that's it's, 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 a, it's a wonderful one it's yeah, a absolutely run. wonderful yeah and I think at that time they you know it got it exactly Spot right on, yeah I think sure. the, the the point was as we as we've touched on they just they weren't able to keep that going mm. and whether that was because of uh, you know the age of the squad, or whether it was other factors, you know that, that sort of. I think playing catch up as well affects yeah. that. You know mm-hmm. they put so much yeah. into playing catch up after a slow start. That magnificent run takes a lot out of you, and, and it's hard to keep that going. So you are going to dip back off that standard again. And I think maybe... that's absolutely right because because they were they were struggling. What they down in they were down in fifteenth yeah. after the um, after the lo- the loss at Bristol City. And then they managed to get up to second, and they must sort of think, well, God, if we're going to stay here, yeah, we need yeah, to keep yeah. that keep going, going yeah. which would, yeah. which is a very big ask. But yeah. um, and I th- you know mentioned the Bristol City game. I think after that game, not too many people would have had them finishing in no. the top six. So no, no. On, on on that basis, um, I think they've done they've done pretty I think well. Also, it's interesting that, and and this isn't easy. He had to manage a squad that's contained players from probably three or four previous managers, mm. and that's not easy. You know, I think there's players in there signed by Steve McLaren, by Nigel Pearson, by Paul Clement, by Gary himself. So imagine all those different players. Some of them you probably might not have signed yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trying to get them in together and into a into a squad that produces the type of team he wants. And I think he ha- I think he's handled that really well over the season. I, you know, while they were winning. The style of playing all that for me wasn't that important. I'm a big believer in results first, and they got an awful lot of good results. Uh, I think one of the tests for Gary for next season, because the fans have been vociferous over kind of what style, you know, they, they, mm-hmm. some of them haven't been particularly impressed with with, with with what they've been watching at times. And and Gary 
has got to again decide on, on how he approaches and then he's got to be strong with that as well I think it, people do forget how many goals they've scored though as yes, well because I, during that I, run I, yeah. even when people were saying oh the football's not great I, I can't think off the top of my head but they went away and put three well they, don't they, didn't they win Barnsley, more games Birmingham. by three or more goals than any, and yeah, any other team yeah, in the division so, yeah, yeah. so that's a, and, and listen if it's clean sheets that are boring people I'd, I'd, I'd be bored all season mm. Because I, you know they could have done with a clean sheet at Craven Cottage on Monday, yeah. couldn't they? Yeah. So I mean, I've, I've got no problem with clean mm. sheets. Uh, you know, let's not let's not forget that defending and the art of defending is a very important part of the game. Even though you don't always get that impression when you're watching, uh, certainly the Premier League. Mm. And you two know Gary Art better than most. You obviously see him every week and speak to him. But what do you think that he will have made? Of his first full season in charge, I know he, he, Gary's like most managers. He's fierce, fiercely ambitious. Mm. You know, he he will have probably set out the achievement, uh, the, the, the the target of a top six finish. But make no mistake, he would want to finish higher than that. Mm. And when they were second, I'm absolutely sure he'd have been thinking, you know what, we can do this. We can do this. Uh, <clears throat> they didn't handle that period, as I said, very well. Uh, I think when they look back over the season dissected I think they'll feel they could have handled things better than they did at that, at that stage uh, there was an awful lot of kind of the finger of blame was 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 uh, very active and it was pointing around And uh, but I was surprised that a Gary Rowett team went eight games without a win I said earlier in the season I didn't see that happening and I don't think Gary probably did either no. I think that probably surprised him I think with the experience that he'd brought in as well you, yeah, you well, couldn't well, really see it could you that that's was... right that was exactly the reason he brought them in yeah. to, to yeah, get yeah, over yeah. those yeah. types of hurdles and I, I couldn't see that happening mm-hmm. so I was as surprised as anybody and I think he was uh, and that's when the criticism comes pouring in uh, and you've got it as manager you've got to handle that as well and uh, so have the players but no I I say I I think for a first season, I think it's he, he's done well. He would wanted to have done better. I know mm. that. Uh, but but as I say, this is a championship. It ain't always possible. And I I don't. I think they got to second on a great run. I don't think they were ever quite as good as that run suggested. But they did get to second. And at that moment, I'm sure Gary was thinking, we could do this. Mm. Okay. Just before then, we come on to your moments of the season. Hope you're ready and prepared for those. Uh, we, no, no. we know that it's uh, Fulham against Villa in the final. Uh, thoughts on that one, just sort of quickly. I, I hope Fulham play and perform like they can because I think if they do, I think it it could be a really good game. Uh, they because they can pass the ball fun. I mean, that's a that, it looks a tight pitch at Craven Cottage, mm. doesn't it? I don't know that's because we're closer to it, but it looks a tight pitch. So you'd imagine if if, if Wembley's a bit bigger. They should be able to move the ball back very nicely, though sometimes that mm. gets to players as well. Uh, if they can play the good football, and if Villa can play like they can play, because they're a strong side and they've got some really, really good players, mm. I'm hoping it's a really good game. I mean, I'm not talking about five-five and, mm. and, and defending goes out the window. I'm talking about a proper. You love game. the five-five, don't no, you? No, I don't. <laughs> I'm talking about a proper game, uh, and. Uh, it, I'd, I really want to see a, a really good co- contest between mm. two what I think are two very very good teams. Mm. Well, I think it's, it's obviously the two the two teams that finished third and fourth. Yeah. So again, again, you, you might, people might really. say people yeah. might Dispels say that's the, the right it's yeah. the right yeah. final. Um, I think they probably have been the third and fourth best teams over yeah. the course of the season. Um, I haven't really got. a Personal preference, in, apart from geographically, we'd probably rather <laughs> rather have a short trip to Villa Park again next season. So come you on, enjoy spending on your Fulham. birthday on the way back to um, Fulham. <laughs> but um, but I think you know I think Fulham have have um, have earned a lot of plaudits mm. for um, for how they've done this season and, and rightly so. So I think that you know they would be deserving winners if they did win. But of course, you know Steve Bruce, mm. he's done it all before. Yeah, he's got a fantastic record of getting promotions and. He's got a very, you know, he's got a lot of experience in that squad of people who have done just that, and then and people like John Terry who wouldn't have been, wouldn't have played in a playoff final before, but he's, he's obviously got big played in big matches. Yeah. They've got yeah. big, they've yeah. got big game players, yeah. really, haven't they? Yeah. And, and well, a lot of them would have played in the FA Cup 
semi-final yeah. and final. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because yeah. Gary Rout said about Derby, didn't he? Didn't he say that only one of the starting eleven hadn't played in a Wembley final or something uh, like that? Well, I think certainly, certainly most of them have played, have been involved in playoffs. Yeah, and I think a, a lot of them would have would have played because obviously Honestly. some of them would have played for Derby. Yes, and some, some for the teams. And then we've got oh. people like Tom Kurt, Huddleston and Curtis Davis, Davis, who of course. Yeah. Went, got promoted with Cameron Jerome. Yeah, Cameron Jerome, Jerome. Bradley Johnson. Scott Bradley Johnson. So, you know, there's an awful lot of experience in mm-hmm. that Derby team. And, and, and Villa, I'll say, have got those players. Mm-hmm. And that's why it'll be interesting to see how Fulham handle the occasion. They have the ability to handle it, but sometimes occasions need mm-hmm. more than just ability. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to cope with the whole day and, 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 and what happens. Mm. Okay, well, as it is the, the final podcast of the season let's have a, a look back at some of your moments of the season you two have obviously followed Derby the up and down the country much to your <laughs> delight <laughs> as ever um, so I'm just going to ask for uh, yeah as I say some of your moments of the season just want one answer Steve none of this you sure I j- I I've j- got multi-choice on some of these I just want one answer no I can't give there's a couple I can't give one answer on You've been, but I'll get you've to been one, looking at the questions I'll already. get to one answer I'll get to one answer eventually right. but okay. bear with me yeah. right okay so first one I want your best result of the season bear with me on this right <laughs> Chris okay. I want your best result <laughs> I, haven't written, I haven't written anything down because you, you only I tell you what put it on us about two seconds before we take the recorder on. the result against Nottingham Forest at the beginning of October was massive because Derby at that stage were going nowhere mm-hmm. and they needed a win at the start of a very very tough month and they got a 2-0 win wasn't straightforward but that was massive but the game against Cardiff when they won 3-1 was was huge Mm. and that really set up I think them getting in the playoffs if that gone against them we probably wouldn't have seen a top 6 finish Uh, the only thing I'll say about that game was Cardiff had the game in their hand Mm. They missed a great chance to go 2-0 up and then they conceded three goals which you've probably never seen from Cardiff this season. Uh, so things fell for Derby that, that night and uh, they took advantage so that was huge. Mm. Chris? Obviously I would say the Cardiff mm. game. I think, I think you'd, pr- you'd probably have to say the Cardiff game but if I'll just try and mention a couple of different ones Perhaps so. Maybe the 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 3-0 win at Middlesbrough I thought was yeah. was was very yeah. good. Um, obviously, it was before Tony Pulis came in uh, as manager, but still a, a really get still there, a, a rare a rare yeah. away win there, um, and and a good away win as well. Um, obviously, we saw them they, they give Hull a bit of a thumping five mm. 0 at home. Um, again, I mean you know Hull were in a bit of a mess at that point, but obviously from a Derby fan's point of view, it, that was that yeah. was a good one to watch. Um, Steve's mentioned the mentioned the Forest game. I think winning at Ellen Road always. Well, I was going to say that's league, always a good win. That put them in yeah. the playoffs as well. Yeah, because yeah. that wasn't going their way either, was it? Because that was two le- very late goals. And that was Sam part Wynn. of that Sam part Wynn. of that run that we talked about in yeah. o- in October. They had Forest, Sheffield Wednesday, then Norwich and Leeds away, and we and and at the time we were thinking, where are the points going to come from? They actually won one all four, four mm-hmm. which was. For, as a run of results, uh, it was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, this this one answer no, situation, no. but it's better. It's, going well. it's better listening, though, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say it'd be quite a short podcast, it would, yeah. Well, isn't yeah. it? So I think I think your questions aren't very good, there, Johnny. You, know, you should have thought of that. Next, come on, next question. Yeah, worst result. I I think Sunderland at home was the worst result. I know they, they went and lost at Burton Albion, but I just think the Sunderland home game, Sunderland were bottom mm. at the time, could, could barely get a point or a win. And it would, you, you just felt, oh, this is a big game for Derby, go and win it, you know, and, and I just thought it was a pathetic performance, to, to, to be honest. Uh, and, and a very surprising performance as well, mm. to be that poor. Uh, so well, as, as I said to you afterwards, I haven't seen you that animated in, no. a, in a video. In no, one because it's video. Because, and I think Gary himself suggested it was unacceptable performance. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I don't often use that word because football's a difficult game, and, and you know, you've got two teams trying to stop each other playing. Mm-hmm. So, but I just thought on, on on that, I just thought they crumbled. I thought they were mm-hmm. very very poor. If Steve's going to go for that, I'll I'll, I'll go for Burton Albion because mm-hmm. I think. Um, 
and I'll back that up by saying for that to come sort of so soon on the back of the Sunderland result was poor because I think after Sunderland, of course, there was all the talk of like, well, we won't let that happen again. Yeah. Blah, blah. And actually, yeah. I think both teams were bottom of the table yeah. when the, at the start of play. Um, and, uh, you know, admittedly, Burton, you know, were fighting for their lives and it was at, at Burton, but they had, you know, they haven't won a home game. Uh, since September, I think and this was this was obviously towards the end of the season. I think they just and they'd just been beaten five nil mm. at home by Hull, and um, Derby went there and and just Burton just just out fought them basically, and and obviously wanted it more on the day, and it was um, was not a great afternoon. Mm. Okay, next one, uh, your favourite goal. This can either be because of the technique or the the sort of significance of it. So that's a really tough question that is that is a tough question uh, you're used to fielding them so now you have to answer yeah them. you have to answer them yeah I thought, I thought Sam Winnell's at Ipswich was a was a belting strike wasn't it uh, I, I quite I, I enjoyed Vidra's against Forrest yeah, very for good. obvious reasons yeah. cause, I mean yeah. was it 24 seconds yeah. into the game yeah. I mean it was, it was a great strike and I, and I think that you talk about the significance that that just kind of lifted the whole place um, um, at the time. So that was a good one. Was, was Vidra against Norwich one as well, where he took it onto his yeah. left foot and sweated. I was, was going to say uh, that technique-wise, that was very very good. Yeah, um, I mean, Vidra that, against Sunderland as well. Yes. It gets forgotten because of the yeah. result. But that I thought was one of his finishes was his first goal at Middlesbrough away when you mentioned that important game. Yeah, yeah. he smashed it in. Yeah, that, that was a very good goal as well. He scored some good goals. You know, goals are so subjective, aren't they? To to, mm-hmm. to to what they're about, really, and you know they can be great moves and all that. But yeah, I mean, Nugent uh, at Norwich. Yeah, that was a good finish as well. After yeah. a bit of a dummy, whether it was yeah. intent, whether yeah. it was intentional or not, that, that, that was um, that was a really was good, good finish. Yeah, but you're not. I mean, really, Vidra's going to be up there, isn't he? Because he's you know if you get 22 goals, mm-hmm. there's a chance of some of them being Actually, a bit special. I thought. Um, I know it's quite a recent one, but Jer- Jerome's header against Fulham, I thought, was fantastic. Very brilliant cross, brilliant yeah. cross from yeah. Craig Forsyth, and um, fantastic header. So um, difficult question, that Jerome. Some good answers, though. You think? Yeah. Okay. More than one, but yeah. more than one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we scrapped <laughs> that. Yeah, scrapped you had a go before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, best away trip. Oh, well, f- I missed the goal. Sorry. Go on. go on in. Tom Huddleston's first goal for Derby County. <laughs> Finally, thirty yards. It was a well, no, it was a one-yard tap-in against <laughs> yeah. uh, Brentford. The money would have been on a thirty-yard screen. <laughs> He'll remember I, that for a I, while. I, I did mention it to him after the game. I said, "You know what, Tom? For your first goal for Derby, I had the money on it being a 25 thirty-yarder because <laughs> yeah. you strike the ball so beautifully. Yeah. Not a scruffy tap-in from a yard out that I'd have scored. You know, he should have missed. Well, it's not getting carried away. Have missed that, yeah. Maybe if I got it, yeah. But <laughs> sorry, carry on. Yeah, if only they had. YouTube videos in my playing days. You keep saying that, and you said that you wanted to take your boots to Fulham. They didn't oh, have, they didn't have video I'll... in the yeah. video <laughs> I keep telling Johnny, Johnny keeps questioning me, you they see, and I keep saying, I tell you what, I was, I was stood in the press box at Craven Cottage for the game, and I looked at the pitch, mm-hmm. and seriously, I thought, I, I'm going to get in my car and see if my boots are in the boot. Because it just, it, yeah. didn't it's it just say to you, scrape the rust off? Yeah, yeah. It just said, pass the ball, yeah. didn't it? And, and and if we'd have had YouTube videos at the time, you'd have seen Johnny <laughs> that I, I I like to pass the ball. I feel we've gone off a yes, bit of a tangent here, haven't we? Yeah, best best away trip. Uh, I'm going to say Burton because <laughs> yeah. there were no diversions or lane closures on motorways on the way back. But because is, we we this have is them every... the whole press facility, press box view. Oh, so everything. we're just talking about the travel. Uh, we have diversions and lane closures. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. The, we had it again Monday night after Craven Cottage. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. But having said that, I always enjoy going to Ipswich. Lovely club, look after us terrifically well. Car park pass would be nice, but look after us terrifically well. <laughs> and I know some good people there, good lads, good journalists. So I, I quite enjoy going there, apart from how far it is. But yeah. uh, lovely people. Strangely, I do, I do always enjoy going to Fulham once we're there it's the getting there <laughs> yeah, that's the hard part yeah. they look actually, after us also it's, it's, Fulham. It's, 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 I like yeah, the ground and, and the ground's like lovely it's proper mm. football ground isn't it? scenic isn't it yeah it's lovely yeah. 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 Just and we a also had a, far. Yeah. of course we had a 
cheeky trip to Man- to Old Trafford in the FA Cup yeah. as well. That was, um, of course. you know, yeah. that was uh, very nice. Just narrowly missed out one. also on two trips to Wembley. Obviously, the one against Tottenham in the Carabao Cup. Cup. Yeah, yeah, and then yes. the, the playoffs, which would have been. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, what, what, once you're there, see what. As, as fans who go to away games will know, the travelling eats up so yeah. much time, and, and we're fortunate in a way where we are in the country, you know, kind of in the middle of the country. Sure. Yeah. Some of our colleagues from, from other places, well, Ipswich, for example, well, Ipswich, and, and the lads from the northeast, Middlesbrough, and places, they have really, you know, yeah. they, they are long, long trips. And, and I say, without going on a rant again, you know, I think greater care needs to be taken over over midweek fixtures. Mm. Uh, when they're being decided who who goes where on what night, mm. especially TV, need to be aware of that. I think. Yeah. Um, best atmosphere. This can be either either a home game or an away game. Well, Villa, Villa, Villa the atmosphere was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, there was forty thousand in, wasn't there that day? I and mean, yeah. Villa Park is a proper football arena. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and of course they're in a good moment. So mm-hmm. so that was. That was very good. The atmosphere at Craven Cottage of the night, I thought, was very... Mm-hmm. Talking about not a derby, aren't we? The, the no, at- you, well, it can be home or away oh, right, if, right. if, if there's a, well, a, a derby game. Well, I think you'd have to mention the Cardiff, yeah. mention the Cardiff the, home game. I think that was... Yeah, final right. 20 minutes of Cardiff was, was, was crackling, really, yeah. at Pride Park. I thought it was for the first leg as well. Would you expect that, in a way? Sure. We've seen that before. I thought the atmosphere at Craven Cottage was different. It felt different, I think, because, again, because... The makeup of the how the ground is made up and mm-hmm. it's very close. You're very close, even from the press box, really close to the mm-hmm. pitch, and it just sounded. It just it just sounded good. It was a, it was a very very good atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I guess you're going with uh, the card again. Well, one of the yeah, one of yeah. those. Any I I could go with any of those. Yeah, lovely. Okay, so obviously we know that uh, Matej Vidra got player of the season, but who was your player of the season? You wrote about this, didn't you? Yeah, I, I, it's very, it seems very harsh not to go with a, a striker who's scored 20 plus goals. But what I'll say is that Chris Martin scored 25 one season and 21 the next and didn't get player of the year. Yeah. I would have gone for Curtis Davis or Scott Carson. And I, I would have found it difficult to separate them. I gave it Scott Carson the season before. Mm. So in this case, I might say Curtis Davis, but Scott was. Very, very close, and I think his performance on Monday night at Craven Cottage just shows what a fantastic signing he's been for the club. Mm. Chris, I think Curtis Davis has been a brilliant signing, and he's played was ever present in the league, Mm. and was just a model of consistency. He was a leader on the pitch, and of course, actually ended the season with the captain's armband. Um, Again, just to be different well, or not different depending on which way you look at it I, I think I, I probably would go with Vidra I think he was a wor- I think he was a worthy winner of course mm. he won the he, he won the fans and the players player of the season just on the almost almost based on the fact that he struggled so much last season in terms of trying to make an impact and you know that wasn't entirely through any fault of his own um, but the fact that his fortunes were so contrasting mm. and we really did see the best of him at times and 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 I know he's you know he's, he can come in and out of games he's found himself on the bench a little bit and so you you could say well Dave Curtis Davis has been more consistent but he produced some real moments of magic I thought and and um you know to to really give the fans something to cheer about so I'll, I'll go with him good stuff okay the most bizarre moment that you've seen while following Derby this season I I thought the game at Sheffield United I thought the three goals Derby conceded That's a good point, actually. Yeah, were bizarre is one word, calamitous is another word. I just couldn't believe three such goals could come in the same game. Uh, the first one, Scotty, we've just been talking about Scotty, one of the few mistakes he's made, kicked the ball straight to Billy Sharp, who smashed it back into the empty net. Uh, second one, Johnny found the bottom corner of his own net with his best finish of the season. <laughs> Uh, one airing it was actually and then really to cap it all yeah. Derby are looking for an equaliser yeah. they send everybody up Sheffield United defend Scott Carson, it's yeah. Scott Carson. why Scott didn't actually take the free kick from the halfway line himself yeah. Yeah. He, you know anyway he went up Sheffield United broke and Billy Sharp again I think got yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that just to me was a bizarre 
yeah. 90 plus minutes. Yeah. I've got to think of something different, haven't I? Um, I'll, I'll go for the, oh, the, the image of Neil Warnock being interviewed <laughs> inside Pride Park Stadium after <laughs> the match against Cardiff had been postponed. That was, that was slightly bizarre, wasn't it? It was slightly bizarre, yeah. <laughs> so the stuff he said was also slightly bizarre. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll go with that, maybe. Yeah, yeah, the good one. Like and the one we've missed but out on is... Go on, then. We should have been wearing our wellies. Grimsby. Grimsby. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. All about that. Seems an age. Now that was it? bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Because it absolutely threw it down, didn't it? And this is in the middle of August. August. Yeah. Second game of the season. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. it would have been. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. And it, you know, it was so not even the middle of August. Early August. Yeah. 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 It was torrential, and coming home was quite dangerous, wasn't it? Where Aqua playing a couple of yeah, times across yeah. the yeah. motorway. It was. It was so much rain. Yeah. That you know, of course, we had the image of the players as they after they had warmed down, sliding, <laughs> sliding in yeah. front of the away fans yeah. just to at least to give them a bit yeah. of entertainment. But um, the groundsman was pleased yeah. in the season at Blundell Park. Absolutely, uh, but no, that was a bizarre. Yeah, that's a good evening. point. Yeah. Okay, uh, best opposition player that you've seen. Listen, Wolves have got some good players. Mm. Neves is a good player. I mean, the, the goal he scored against Derby was sensational, oh, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, mm. uh, I thought Mitrovic showed the other night at Craven Cottage what a top player he is. He also played well at Derby when Fulham beat Derby here in, in March. Yeah. I thought Traore looked a real handful on that day. I watched him against Aston Villa in the playoff. And he and he wasn't at all. But he has had a good season. But he has had a good season, and against Derby, he looked very good. Yeah. But I'm going to go for Jack Grealish. I thought his performance against Derby at Villa Park was exceptional. Uh, when he played that Derby earlier this season, I think it was his first game back, so he was really rusty. But you saw one or two flashes. But I thought when he played Derby, he was the best player on the pitch mm-hmm. by some distance. The lad's a real talent. Uh, he's very strong now on the ball. He can hold players off. He can ride tackles. He can mm. he can take a few hits as well. Well, he, he he gets a kick in. Yeah, he does. And now, but he's getting back up now. Yeah, you see, yeah. and, and 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 so what we saw early on when he looked a bit wiry, didn't he? And mm. and, and now he's he looks a strong player, confident player, plays at his pace. Probably needs a little more end product. If we're being ultra critical, probably Scott should score a few more goals or certainly set a few more up. But I thought that day he looked, he was, he looked exceptional. Well, unbelievably, I'm going to have to say that I agree with you. Really? I really. It's the first time this season. Well, first for everything. Final podcast of the season. Yes. That's right. yeah. All Christmas. Yeah. Well, seeing as, seeing as Steve's just picked out like five of the best players <laughs> in the Championship, I'm, uh, I'm going to be struggling a little bit. But I, I, would, I would have to agree with most of those. Um, maybe mention Ketton Kearney as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, he... <laughs> He may have had better seasons than this season, to be honest, because I know he's been out. He, you know, he's had had a few injury problems, mm-hmm. but but when he's um, when he's on his game, he, he looks a quality player. Mm-hmm. Um, again, tri- yeah, Triore for someone for something a bit different. I think he's he's had a he's had a real impact uh, and probably been a massive part in actually getting Middlesbrough to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think I think any of those we mentioned at the beginning, Ruben Neves. I mean, yeah. I think he. he he just looked like he should be playing in the Premier League, yeah. which he which he will be doing next season. Yeah. Okay, Doug. And uh, just finally, then, any other standout moments of the season? Any anecdotes, funny tales, anything? <laughs> Some podcast exclusive content. <laughs> I think we've exhausted most <laughs> most of our. Uh, I think we have really. Yeah. Uh, I'm what trying to think of anything bizarre that, that that happened to us, other than obviously <clears> being <throat> diverted all around the country off the motorways at all. Silly times of night. Uh, press box tales. Giving Craig Ramage lift to, to some away games is always an experience. Some tales, some tales of his um, some, some tales of his uh, yeah. of his footballing days. <laughs> uh, it, you know what? It, it the seasons are so long. These championship seasons. Yeah. I think so much happens. There's so much emotion involved, and it's, it's for the fans as well, obviously. There seems to be so many different stages of this season, and, and and you kind of where it makes you feel differently about what's going to happen, what might happen, what should be happening, and uh, all I'll say is it's 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 you know 
it's a real journey every single time. And and I say that I'm sure that's what the players are thinking right this minute. You know, they've got to do that again. And uh it, it's tough. What Steve's trying to say is he's forgotten any yeah. other any other because yeah, I have forgotten well. what the question yeah. was. <laughs> I can't uh, I'm just rambling now. No, I think we, I think we've probably met, we've probably mentioned everything we were gonna yeah. uh, we were gonna mention. So, okay, yeah. so let's let's just have a, a quick look forward then. Uh obviously as soon as the season finishes every fan supporter their mind turns to the summer transfer window and already the eighteen nineteen season. So just in a nutshell, what business needs doing at Derby County to make sure that they can match or better this season's finish? Well I think already, I mean the the chairman of the football club has has already gone on record as saying that uh, you know, it needs to bring costs under control. Uh, the, the kind of thirty-four, thirty-five million pound wage bill is not sustainable. Uh, they're really considering the the battling against teams with parachute payments. Mm. You know, the, the, they're doing well. You know, because that's a a big advantage for teams. Again, the teams coming down, three teams will probably start off forty plus million better off than Derby. So some local trips for you. Yes, yeah, some local, local trips. Yeah, but it's a lot of money that is, and uh, so. I think Gary is going to have to uh, do a balancing act again in the transfer window this summer, but I think that was the case last summer anyway, mm-hmm. when Hughes and Ince went and, and Gary was able to bring in his players. Uh, I think that's going to be the case again. I still think they need to move some players out. He needs to decide what he wants to do with the lone players who are returning, Chris Martin, Craig Bryson, Butterfield, Blackman, all, all these players. So that, that needs to be sorted as well. Uh, and you know the the talking point has been for a while is what's going to happen to Matthew Vidra, mm-hmm. and you know his his stock at the moment's the highest it's probably ever been, uh, and the the dilemma Derby face is, do they cash in on Vidra now when when his stock is at its highest point? Well, that's it. Who knows what season he'll have next? You season. don't, you see. And by cashing in, that would allow mm. Gary out to do maybe what he wants to do in, in, in the market. And that's football. That's that's unfortunately the way it is. Sometimes players have to move on. Tom mm. Ince was top scorer last season. He went. And actually, Will Hughes went and Tom Ince went and everyone thought, oh, we're selling our best players. But actually, Derby finished sixth. Mm. They finished ninth mm. the previous season. So, you know, that, that worked out. Uh, but I think he'll have that balancing act. And I said right, right early on in the podcast, I think one of the things he has to do is address the balance within the squad it's slightly top heavy when it comes to age uh, he just needs to bring that average age down slightly if, if he can uh, mm. and, and get that better balance uh, in the side uh, particularly in midfield I think he needs to work out whether he's going to be serious about going forward with wing backs or not uh, so he needs to address that I think they've got a problem on the left side whether they play with a back four or mm. whether with a wing back I don't think I think that's been an issue all season with Marcus Olsen and Craig Forsyth and and you came in as left wing back at Craven Cottage, but to be honest, he hadn't really been in the plans at all all season. So, yeah, there's a number of things to do, but quite clearly, the days of Derby going out and saying basically we've just missed out on going up, so let's go and buy the best three or four players mm. around the championship and bring them in. I think those days have gone. You can't keep doing that, and I think Gary will have to work within those guidelines, and and and, and we'll have to. Uh, as they do a balancing act mm. I think it'll be a fascinating summer really mm. um, after you know Steve's also just mentioned the Vidra thing if um, if they do sell Vidra obviously they should get, should be able to get a decent price for him but then of course you've got to try and replace mm. him 21 and, you know, league goals uh, 21 league goals top scorer in the championship it's not you know it's easier said than done mm. Um I think you know a, a lot of fans, and I know I know the chairman would like for, for some of the young players to come yeah. through and be given a chance, but that's a big risk because you know a lot of them have got little or no first team experience, uh, although they may have quite a bit of potential. But I think it'll be interesting to see how many of those players figure in the in the first team plans um, next season. We, we we were sort of just mentioning it earlier. People like Max Lowe, Timmy mm-hmm. Elsnick. Um, Luke Thomas, you Callum know, Guy. Callum Guy, Je- Jamie Hansen. Obviously, he you know he's been around the club for some time, but mm. still, only, still a young player. It's it's um, it's a case of whether any of those can can break into the team 
and actually establish himself in the championship um, just to bring that sort of average age down a little bit. That's, yeah. that's a big ask for them as well, those yeah. players. As Chris yeah. says, it's not like they're coming in on the back of 15, 20 games. They've played very little games. And uh, again, it's, it's, it, I'm all for bringing young players through, but they've got to be good enough. Mm-hmm. They've got to be good enough. you know. And, and, and the championship, as I said earlier, is unforgiving. It's going to be very tough again next season. Uh and so I think you, I think Chris is right. I think it's going to be a fascinating uh, a summer. Uh, things do need addressing within the squad. I'm sure Gary is absolutely fully aware of those things. And you know, it'd be interesting things like Sam Winnell, another one. You know, yeah. what happens with him? I mean, I, I think Gary's very keen on Sam Winnell. He's stayed around the club for his for his rehab. Mm-hmm. How fit he'll be at that stage is is another question because of because because of his injury, but. You know, I didn't think when he got injured, it was a massive blow because he was in the outside at the time. Yeah. But actually, I think mm-hmm. looking I think back, is it's been a real blow. Mm-hmm. And I think about him like at Craven Cottage on Monday night playing there. Mm-hmm. It gives Fulham a different, different problem yeah. mm-hmm. altogether. So I think yeah. they've really missed him. So it'd be interesting to see Look, whether they go down that route and, and see if they can get him. It's or interesting not. what you say about about his fitness. Obviously, he's coming back from from a, a serious knee injury, but obviously the business is. Permanent deals would have to be done by yeah. August the ninth. Yeah. Now, so and will he be fit? It's, it's will he be fit enough to to yeah. show that he's he's over his injury yeah. and and, yeah. and that sort of thing? And obviously, yeah. See, August August is like seven months after his injury, yeah. which I mm. think cruciate yeah. ligament is usually seven six to nine, to nine months. Yeah, uh, and of course it's where the, where the Sheffield Wednesday would well, where the Sheffield sell him and, as well. And, and how much for? Yeah, mm. of course it's the other yeah. thing because that's the problem. It's something Mel Murray spoke about when when. He mentioned if they if they don't go up, there would be no significant investment. He was saying that the price of English British players is really really high. Yeah, you know, and 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 clubs aren't going to let their players leave for next to nothing. So that'd be mm. interesting what happens there. It's not easy, honestly. It's it's not easy for for managers. Uh, again, one of the things about transfer windows that I don't like it. Puts an awful lot of pressure on on like a couple of months or three months, yeah. and certainly in January is worse. All that attention on one month, you mm-hmm. know, and and you can easily make mistakes or you can overpay for players. So that'll be interesting. But yeah, I mean, he was he, he missed out on on Luckman at Everton, didn't he? he we, did. Who he wanted there, Kifton Bell, he missed out on as well, and there's been a few others. Mm-hmm. So will he go back for those types of players? I don't know. I mean, again, I thought. I could see why I was going for Luckman and I think Derby actually missed a, a natural mm. wide player in the second half of the season Lovely now just before we, we sign off it, it wouldn't be uh, the final podcast of the season without a Steve Nicholson rant so are you ready? Yes go on okay. Lovely so the England squad was announced today but no Scott Carson yep take it away well <laughs> we, 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 we've mentioned this before haven't we and, and again I'm waiting for someone to to show me a more consistent England goalkeeper this season. English goalkeeper. Mm. I, 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 who's been more consistent, Scott Carson? I never expected him to be in the World Cup squad. Obviously, why? Well, why though? Because he played in the Championship. But should should that be? No, not at all. Shouldn't shouldn't at all. But I understand why. Mm. And uh, had he been playing in the Premier League this season, I think he'd have been one of the three goalkeepers on on this form. Mm. been one of the three goalkeepers in the England squad he is a better goalkeeper now than he was when he last played for England no question about that mm. uh, and he's had two really consistent seasons and as I say I, I watch the England goalkeepers each weekend uh, and clearly Scott's more experienced than the ones who've been selected and I think having an experienced goalkeeper in tournament football like World Cup the European Championship I think is very important, but as I said, we never we never expect him to to mm. be in there. What he should be very proud about is that we're even having these conversations because yeah. yeah, yeah. that shows how good he's been this season. But rightly so, we're having these conversations. Yes, because, because he's been very very yeah. good, and we saw it again the other night, didn't we, at Craven Cottage? Mm. You know, he was he he, he was excellent, and uh, you know, he, at thirty two, I think he's thirty two. What a fantastic age for a mm. goalkeeper that is, by the way. Fantastic age, just about right, mm. you know, and I think. He knows, and he's said it before, that he's a better goalkeeper now than earlier in his career. Mm-hmm. And that makes perfect sense. And uh, it's just a shame 
I say Derby aren't in the Premier League and he might have had a, a shout for that and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him by the way in the summer because yeah. if if I was another club mm. one that might have just gone up mm. or one that might have just come down I don't know or one at the lower end of the Premier League and you want a, a good goalkeeper who's, who's in the best form of his career mm. I'd look at him I think he's mm. been as I say for an English goalkeeper I don't, I'm not sure there's been a more consistent one Lovely stuff Chaps is there anything that we want to add? I think that will do for me. The technology Steve? here is wonderful. Yeah, always. Uh, no, no, not at all. Not at all. No, so it's been a, it's been another topsy turvy season, up and down, emotionally draining. Yeah, and we'll do it all again. Bring next it on. Time. Bring it on. Yeah. Bring it on. Right, Steve, Chris, thank you ever so much for your company and your podcasting. Nonsense over the course Do you want of the season. Goal? Big goal? No, 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 no it's okay. fine. I only wanted one, and you gave me about <laughs> six. So, uh, thanks to all the listeners as well throughout the course of the season. Uh, all your sort of comments and feedback have been muchly appreciated. Uh, in the meantime, you can obviously follow everything we do over the summer. We're on social media on Twitter at DerbyTelDCFC, Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash DerbyTelDCFC. Uh, you can keep up to date with all the latest goings on at the Rams at www.derbytelegraph.co.uk the app is available on both Apple and Android as well and our podcast is on Acast and iTunes, just search for It's Black and White have a great summer and we'll see you soon